Hello and welcome to your new weekly edition of This is Ibrox, this is your Rangers podcast. Good evening, my name is Scott Patterson and very pleased to say that for this week we're joined by my now consistent weekly fellow podder, Willie Boyd, joins us again. Willie, how are you doing? Hi. Hi Scott, I'm fine. Uh, looking forward to this week after a bit of technical difficulties off, offline, shall we say. <laughs> Allegedly. And uh, <laughs> very pleased to say that joining us again for his second appearance on the pod, uh, Gordon Smith joins us. Hi Gordon, good evening, how are you? Even Scott, even Willie, I'm fine, thanks, yeah. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure, yeah, good to be here. So this week's podcast is brought to you by our friends at Triple H Mortgages, the one-stop shop for your mortgage and insurance needs. Contact them today on 01453-887179 or via the email hello at hhhmortgages.com. Also available on the internet, hhmortgages.com and available on Facebook as well. Uh, if you are to call them for anything mortgagey or insurance type questiony, um, you're more than welcome to mention my name, Scott Patterson, or Willie or Tommy, and, and the guys in there will look after you very well indeed. So, um, a bit to discuss tonight, none more so than obviously transfer deadline day, guys, which we will get to. Uh, I want to lead with a, a little bit about the game at Easter Road last week for, for the Hibs game. Willie, I'll come to you first. Uh, I had said on last week's pod that I did feel it was going to be the toughest game of January. I think the first half... Um, kind of backed that up. We were a wee bit stuffy in the first half, I felt. Yeah, absolutely. We were, um, you know, I think uh, we were guilty of giving away quite a few chances in the opening. Uh, first half, I think, uh, was it Deutsch had three three efforts that he, he probably should have done better, at least one or two. Yeah. Hollander, you know, had done really well uh, with a challenge, I think it was the first one. Um, so, I mean, we were sort of defensively okay, but they did get in and they had opportunities. But, you know, McGregor had saved quite easy for Dodge and we got let off with the header at the back post as well. Gordon, Easter Road is, is traditionally always a place that I think as a, as a supporter, you're always wary of that um, fixture in the calendar when the games come out. You're always aware that you're going to get a, a tough time, particularly when the, the fans are in the ground. Um, I thought that, that we didn't really, we didn't start the game particularly well over there last Wednesday night? No, they didn't. Uh, but I have to say that I think that's been a little bit of a case of Rangers over the last few weeks, actually, you know, maybe even uh, in part of December as well, that yeah. they weren't playing, they weren't really playing well. The main thing about it is, though, uh, we're getting results. That's that's the crucial element here. It's, it's about, you know, even when you're not playing well, every league campaign, you're never, you're never really good. I mean, I've, I've experienced it myself. You're never really good throughout the whole campaign. There's good and bad times and a, and a real championship, uh, I would say, campaign is when you're actually winning when you're not playing as well as you can. Yeah. The one main aspect of Rangers at the moment, and it's been all season, is the fact that defensively they are strong. And that's one of the great reasons that, you know, that they're getting by even at times. We saw this even last season with Celtic. You know, you, you look at the number of games that Celtic ended up scoring in the 90th minute, 92nd minute to get the, the points. And, and Rangers this season, they've won quite a few 1-0s, but it's because that they're strong and they're always capable of doing it. So I think that that was the main thing. It was always going to be a hard game. It was harder than I thought it was going to be on the basis of the fact that previous to this game, Hibs were absolutely shocking yeah. in, 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 you know I mean, in the semi-final of the Cup. Losing 3-0 yeah. to St. Johnston was unbelievable. So I was quite shocked about that and I thought, but they will be, I know they'll be up for it because it's Rangers. They want to prove to the fans, they know they want to beat Rangers and all that thing. It's always been the case. So that's why I think in the end up it was it turned out to be a good performance at the end of the day and a good result, especially. 
Willie, I'm going to come to you on the Morello stamp shortly, but I want to speak about his second-half performance generally. Could have probably walked out of um, Easter Road doing the match ball, uh, scored a good goal and had, had two good chances that he should have scored. Um, the goal was a really well-worked team goal and, and Morelos' finish was was typical of what we expect from Alfredo Morelos. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he, he's worked great. You know, he went and picked up, felt wide, kept it in play, knocked down to Tav, who, you know, a nice wee pass to, to Jack, who gives it to Davis, nice wee flick to Aribo, who flicks it through to Morelos. Ryan Porteous, I felt, um, for all the kind of hype he kind of gets, he, he switched off big time. I felt he was going to go and try and defend probably the wrong area. I don't know if a few guys felt that too, but he switches off and Morelos, you know, he does what he does when, when he's in the positions. And I mean, nine times out of 10, he's fine in the back of the net when he's in form. Gordon, I, th- I thought his, his, his finish for the goal was was a, a really good one. He looked like a um, a player that was maybe just beginning to find a, a, a little uh, vein of form again in his game, I think. I think it was a good finish. Uh, I agree with Willie, though, that I felt that Portis, at the time when I watched that, I thought it was shocking defender from him. As he says, he's getting highly rated. There's all this talk about teams being interested in him, playing for Scotland and all that. He just let, he let uh, Morelos just run away from him. Wander away, yeah. Defending. And he, he took it well. The problem with Alfredo Morelos is, and I've seen this over uh, the last few seasons there, and it was one game I was at, it was a classic, it was playing Aberdeen. And he missed three sitters, and he scored a really difficult one. He scored the one. He scored the one that wasn't a chance, right? And he missed. He missed three that were just a, a tap in, you know. And that's yeah. that's what's typical of him. He's more of a goal scorer than he is a finisher. If you can differentiate the two things, some people are finishers and some people are goal scorers. Yeah. And he uh, he's mainly a goal scorer. Willie on the stamp. Um, so when I seen it straight away, I thought he, he was going to get a red. I thought it was it was. A wee bit petulant, I think, to be perfectly honest with you. It was, it was silly of him to do it. Um, so, in that instance, probably surprised he never got a red. I don't know if you agree with that. I assume you will. Yeah, no, I don't think there's, there's much defending it. Although, in real time, I, I genuinely thought he had just sort of tripped over Porteous. Yep. But when you see the replays back, it's it's quite clear, you know, that, that he's kind of putting a wee bit into him. They're uh, giving him a wee... I mean, he's, he's got drawn into that... Uh, quite a few times. Yeah, I think maybe off the ball. It'd be interesting to have a camera just on there too when we come up. Because uh, Portis and him must keep each other healthy together, to be honest. I think, Gordon, I don't know if you agree with this, but you kind of, you've kind you've spoke about um, the boy Portis there for a little bit. I think if he was, and I think the goal actually backs this up, frankly, um, if he was concentrating a wee bit more on his game as opposed to being the pantomime villain, um, he'd maybe become more of a sought-after defender. I think so. I mean, he's got he's got certain aspects of his game that are strong. I mean, there's no doubt about it. He just has to improve on certain things. It's a bit like Morelos to a degree. Morelos is a bit of a liability from Rangers' point of view because he's always can get drawn into this and some players wind him up. And that's one of the things that Portis was obviously doing with him and he just thought he would take an opportunity. And it puts the team, you know, he's ended up scoring the winning goal and Rangers have won the match. But he actually could have been sent off if the referee had just looked at it at the time and seen it properly he would have sent him off. And that could have had Rangers down to 10 men and having to play there with, against 10 men away from home. So, he's, as I say, he's a liability at times. And I think that he's never, he doesn't seem to have matured enough, even though, I mean, Stephen Gerrard's worked on him, done his best with him. But he just he's one of these players that you just think, what's he going to do next? I mean, he's got a three-game ban now. I, I actually think 
to be honest with you, in terms of his, his form's not been that great, I think that, you know, he probably goes into maybe even becoming third or fourth choice going down the line because the, the, the boy who's coming in, the boy right, will probably, get, you know, be getting used in there. Itam's waiting for his chance to play. I still think when the weather gets up a bit better, I think Defoe will be back in. And Defoe is the best of the strikers. Roof as well, when he's fit enough, is probably ahead of Morelos too, when he's fit. So I think Morelos, these, these games that he's out, if Rangers continue to play well, well, he's out for these games. He might find it very hard to break back into the team. So, Gordon, I'm going to stay with you because you've 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 brought the fact that he now misses three games. Um, so Rangers chose not to appeal the um, the the stamp and the the yeah. indictment, if you like. Um, do you think they they didn't appeal because they deemed it to be a wee bit frivolous, or do you think they haven't appealed because they feel they've got the squad to? almost account for him not playing those three games? I think both of those things are, are right, Scott. I think that it's a case of saying, well, we've got loads of cover. And if you look at the situation thinking, if you were, if I was there, and I would look at it and say, is there any chance you can appeal that? Because there's no way it's accidental or it's like it's been yeah. a, a wrong decision to say no, no, retrospective red card. I think that the Rangers have just looked at it and said, he was deserved. I think even, I think Stephen Gerrard even said, at one point, that it was, it was it was a crazy thing for him to do, a stupid thing to do, what he did. So I don't think there's any point whatsoever in thinking about an appeal because I think he was always going to get banned for that. I saw it right away and I thought, he'll get a retrospective ban here. So, Willie, on on the, the, the sort of appeal process, um, and I, I agree with Gordon um, to a certain extent, I think the one thing that um, is causing a bit of frustration amongst the Rangers fans is not necessarily the fact that... Um, Alfredo maybe should have been sent off at the time. But I think what we are looking for is um, some comparability in, in incidents that have, have went on in the past. We've all seen incidents that have went on um, during the season that don't seem to be picked up. And I think it's been alluded to by by certain members of the, the management, the Rangers, that there's almost a, a trial by media if you like. So if Sky shows something twice, they'll show it 17 times. But if it's, if it's Morelos, they'll show it that little bit more and they'll consist consistently refer to it. So I think what we're looking for is a bit of a level playing field. And they've kind of made a rod for their own back because the next time there is an incident that's akin to what happened at Easter Road last week, um, the Rangers fans will be up in arms for them to do something about it. No, absolutely. And I, I don't think... I mean, I do feel like uh, sometimes, especially, you know, with what happened with Morelos at the weekend, it seemed to be all the commentators were talking about for the rest of the game. Yeah. Um, I know there probably wasn't a completely, like, you know, a lot of goals gone, obviously, to talk about in that. So maybe that kind of comes into it. I just feel like they over kind of try and analyse it and everything this boy does. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's, he's done something a bit silly, but it's... I don't know, I think it's just, they, they kind of, it seems like they sort of go and pick on him. I mean, I'm fine, I'm struggling to kind of try not to come across too strong in this, I know. but I, just, I, I looking, think it's a bit unfair, the, the way he does well, the, the media. The thing is that they're looking, because it's him, they do make a, draw attention to it because they're saying he's another example of it. You know, other yeah. people other people have yeah. got away with it. I've seen it and I, and I think it's been wrong that some other players at other clubs have got away with similar situations, but it's maybe been regarded as a one-off, that's it. But they're always looking at Morelos all the time. He is getting watched, and as yeah. I say, that's one of the aspects, it's one of the, the things that he has to sort out in his game, because people are still winding him up. 
and yeah. trying to get him involved because yeah. he's, he is easily he's easily wound up. Is obviously that is the case, and, and he and he he decides to take retrospective action himself if, if a player's had a heavy challenge on him, you know. And you can see him during the game; he, he's reacting all the time. He's angry at times with things that happen. You've got to be a lot cooler than that. You've just got to say the reason my def- defenders are, are wanting to wind them up is because they're afraid of what he can do. That, that it's his ability that they're afraid of nothing else, and that's why they, they, they do that with him. And it's a shame that he he can't sort himself out and say, "Well, I know why they're doing this to me because they they don't want me on the park." You know what I mean? They don't want me in the team. And 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 if he if he could just calm himself down. He, he would do better. Well, I'll come back to you. We, we've kind of, God and I, have, we've discussed the um, the squad depth as far as the three games that um, Alfredo Morelos will miss. Um, St. Johnston at Ibrox on Wednesday night, Hamilton Academicals on Sunday, and then Kilmarnock the following weekend, again at home. I think we've got enough in the in the squad with Etienne, Defoe, uh, and, and Roof beginning to get back into fitness after a couple of weeks uh, out with injury. So I think we've got enough there to, to accommodate life without Alfredo. Yeah, absolutely. I'd like to see Etten getting out a wee run in the team now that yeah. that Morelos is out. You'll know, Scott. I've got this sort of big fan. I think there's some sort of love blossoming <laughs> between me and this guy. It's it's getting that serious. <laughs> but um, no, I think I think the, the boy's got a lot to prove, and I don't like him putting the right hand side. If I'm honest, I think he's we need to get him straight through the middle. And I feel like if you're going to put him down the right, it'll be rough. Uh, once yeah. he's back fit. So it'd be interesting to see, you know, how that three kind of work with Kent, Roof and Itton. Because I think he could be a massive player for us. And I mean, earlier on in the season, I feel like Morelos's game changed where he was coming in deep. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of feel like that's, we started playing that way, I feel, to try and get Itton in. And I feel like that's Itton's game. He kind of links the midfield in that and lets the midfield run beyond him as well sometimes. So I think he could benefit us a lot, and especially, you know, in the title running now. Absolutely. And listen, I think um, Gordon indicated that right at the start. I think the, the be-all and end-all was, was getting uh, another three points, which I think was the, the most important thing. Our stats sort of leaving January are, are quite incredible. 23 wins um, this season so far, unbeaten at home. 66 goals scored, only seven conceded in a remarkable 20 clean sheets between Alan McGregor and John McLaughlin. So we leave... Uh, the month of January, which I think caused us concern due to, and I've referred to it in the, on the pod previously, but scar tissue that, that we've had in January, I think we now leave that behind. We can leave all those sort of previous Januaries where they are, and we now have a, a really decent marker moving forward. Um, today, transfer deadline day. Willie, I'll come to you first. I know you've been sort of tracking this at home with your yellow tie on. Um <laughs> And we have... Uh, yeah, yellow my, top. Well, kind of yellow top. Ish. Um, so I, I believe we're on the verge <laughs> of, of bringing in uh, Jack Simpson on loan to the end of the season before he completes his pre-contract move uh, up the road. Um, I've not really checked this, but I believe there's also something in the pipeline for Scott Wright. We've obviously got a, a similar pre-contract agreement for him and we'd, we'd be hoping to get something over the line, albeit with, with some sort of financial package fired up to Aberdeen. I, I think almost kiboshing any um, funds that were due for, for Ross McCrory. Going out of the way, we understand that George Edmondson will go out and loan for six months to the end of the season, um, as will Brandon Barker, both downside to Derby and, and Oxford, respectively. 
in each case, I would argue, Willie, it's kind of like for like, centre half in, centre half out, and tricky winger in, tricky winger out. Yeah, absolutely. It's, I think it's, he's just trying to freshen up a wee bit in the squad. And I said it, you know, just before the start of January, um, I feel like that was kind of needed. You know, I feel like freshening up, particularly when you're winning, it must be easy for the for the players to come in into a squad when you're winning. You know, there's no pressure on Simpson to come up and hit the ground running and getting him in that six months earlier, you know, it's going to benefit him in the long term for me. I mean, you've seen it with like the players like Barisic and stuff like that. It does take a wee bit of time to settle in. Yeah. Particularly now when, you know, you can't really mingle outside of, you know, training and, and matches. It must be really difficult for new players coming into, you know, different countries. I know it's just up the road for England, but it's still different, you know, miles away from his family and whatnot. So um this week in a period, this six months, bed them in nice, you know, and obviously fingers crossed we, we get the, the winner's medal around his neck at the end of it. So Gordon Willie makes a really good point there. The importance of getting these guys in now as opposed to waiting to the summer. Stephen Gerrard's kind of indicated that it was something he would have preferred to have done as soon as possible. Um, you've played the game yourself. Arriving halfway through a season at a team that is playing so well um, can only be good for these boys, surely? Well, it does because what it does, it gives them a, an opportunity to break in and even get a league medal if they were to yeah. get enough games in. You know that that's a great opportunity for them to do that. It'll be interesting to see what happens because I, I think that it's the right thing. I, I liked Edmondson, actually. I'm, I'm sorry he uh, has gone out. It's obviously because of his behaviour more than anything else. He's going to yeah. move out on loan. But, uh, you know, Simpson is a, an interesting one because I, I did a bit of checking on it and he's 24 years of age. And if you look at the number of games he's played at Bournemouth uh, and it, since his career started there, it's very few. You know, yeah. I, don't even think, I don't even think he's had more than about... Uh, 20 or uh, 25 games for, for Bournemouth and he's been he's 24 years of age so I'm thinking why is he not been getting played I've spoken to my contacts down south they said he, he's pretty good on the ball he's left footed he uses the ball quite well said, but he's not a, a a great an outstanding defender that's what they've told me okay. and he, he's been playing when he's been playing the Bournemouth team uh, of late any games he's had he's been more or less in a back three so he's been like the central player of a back three so He'll be one I'll be interested to see how he comes in, but he's maybe he's maybe going to be more of a squad player than 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 the right is going to be. Yeah. I think right right maybe challenging for a place because he's been coming through Aberdeen. He's looking pretty good. It's best thing for him is to move out of Aberdeen because I think he'll get a hard time up there. Yeah, uh, he'd have had a few months if he's if it was now that he's known he's signed a contract for Rangers. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, the best thing he can do is leave there. So he's going to be challenging up front. And as I say, when Morelos not been available, if Wright does come in, I think it's a good thing to see what he's got to offer between now and then the season. Because as you say, they've got that kind of um, attacking front now of, of players who are fighting for a place. Because you've got Itton, you've got Defoe still there, you've got Roof when he's fit, you're going to have Wright coming in now. And Aribo can also come into the front three as well, rather than playing in the midfield role. Because now that Jack's back, you know, you've got Jack Kamara Davis in the midfield. Yeah. So you're looking at Aribo maybe being further forward now and you've got Kent there as well so you've got, you've got enough players and that's a, that's a major thing you know why because it's even at that level the one thing you do need in a top team is competition for places because yeah. then you know the people who are in the team are going to have to fight to stay in that team and that gives you the, the indication that they're going to be highly motivated and they're going to be wanting to do their best because they know if they don't they're out because there's a player waiting to take his place 
Willie Gordon's um, spoke a little bit about um, Jack Simpson there. So we obviously know he's coming up for the next six months before pre-contract. He's, he's officially a Rangers player. I wonder the with us bringing another centre-half in, Katic will be... I don't think you've seen much of Katic for the end of the season, but he should be ready to go for next season. We've also got Hollander in there. Goldson is, is, is there all the time as well. I wonder if it casts a little bit of doubt over the future of Leon Balogun moving forward after May? Um, yeah, possibly. But, you know, I think Gordon said there that uh, Simpson was playing the back three. And that's something I've said a few times this season. Mm. There is potential for us to go and play the back three. And, and maybe that's going to be an option. Maybe he's going to carry that extra defender in the squad. Um, I don't know if he ticks any of the European kind of boxes in terms of, you know, going for a... You know, now the certain age needs, needs uh, to train course, in yeah. the UK or just Scotland or whatever. I'm not yeah. sure if that ticks it. Maybe you know more about that, Gordon, but um, it could be something to do with that as well. But um, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to, to seeing what the boy brings on, to be honest. I, I like Balligan, no. I, I think Balligan's got a lot to offer. And, and the competition, Goldson seems to be the... the, the the mainstay, he's the regular one just now. And then you get competition for the spot alongside him if you're playing a back four. Yeah. Two centre-halves would be Golson. And you've got Balogun, you've got Hollander, and you've got Katic, who's a good player as well. So Simpson makes it, I think, because he's left-footed. If you're going to play a back four, then you want somebody, maybe a left-sided player, left of Golson. And there'll be certain games when Rangers will get so much pressure, they maybe want just somebody who plays. As I say, my, my contacts say, He's good on the ball and all that. He can use the ball pretty well. He's left-footed. He passes the ball well. He said, not a great defender, but it might be a f- quite a few games when they're playing against teams where they don't need great defenders yeah. because you get so much possession of the ball. The opposition are just sitting in at times. They don't need to worry too much about that. Gordon, I'm going to stay with you. Transfer deadline day is, is um, a predominantly a busy time, I think, up here because you've got a lot of wheeling and dealing trying to shift loans out and um, vice versa, bring some people in for, for six months. You were, of course, director of football at, at Rangers for a little while. What do you think Ross Wilson's day would have involved today? I think his day would have been just looking at uh, the, the what person to form should determine what the manager's wanting because the manager has to make the decision on who's coming in and you'd look at the position. So what, what they've already done is identified who they're going to move for. So they're looking at two players who basically Simpson and Wright were players who were signing pre-contracts. So what happens then is you go and speak to the clubs and say, okay, you're going to get no money for your player come the summer. Would you want to do a deal now and get something in for them, get them off the wage bill if you're not using them, that type of thing. So you may have been doing, doing a bit of negotiation. Part of that comes also with the, the, the chief exec. The main role of a, a director of football is to try and identify players in advance. So what Ross Wilson will be doing, they'll be looking at uh, maybe other players who are going to be available in the summer, whether it's to purchase or whether it'll be contract will be up. Because yeah. you, need to look, you need to look ahead in the game, Scott. You know what I mean? You need to be determining what's down. I, I, when I was in it, that, that short spell I had at Rangers and the director of football, I was actually looking at trying to look at contracts that were going to be up even a year come you know, uh, ahead one or two years ahead. So you can maybe go to a player and say, listen, we'll really be, we'll be very interested in you if your uh, contract runs out. So don't be signing a new contract and we'll be talking to you in that case. But you would also, and I say it's a very important thing, I hear a lot of times that it's players are brought in. And I'll be honest with you, I, I remember going to Austria 
uh, to play. And I found out uh, later on that I was brought in by the director of football, oh. not the coach. Right? And, okay. I, and I've always, always disagreed with that because I always thought, I could, I could tell at first in terms of how he was with me that I, I thought, what, why, why did you not treat me like the way I, was, I should be as a new player at the club? Because he hadn't signed me. He, he was just told, yeah, you've got this player and that's it. And I had to, then I had to make, prove to him that I was good enough, you know. But the thing about it was that I do believe that the manager should always have the say. When I was in at range during that spell, Ali McCoy was the manager and I wouldn't even bring a player in on trial, Scott, unless okay. Ali McCoy agreed to it. I, I gave him the name of the player, the, all the, the actual uh, stats on the player, everything about him, even gave him videos and then said, I can get this player in on trial for us. Uh, make your mind up and let me know. And, and, if, and if he agreed to it, then I got in touch and said, this player, bring him over, City's agent, bring the player in for a trial. It's, it's, it's a fascinating time. Well, I always think that, that January is a fascinating month because you either end up teeing up your players for the summer or you're lucky enough to get a sort of fancy glimpse of them for, for six months before the summer. I think we're getting the, the best of both worlds just now. I'm actually quite happy with the two guys that we've brought in. Um, to, to do us up to, to the end of the season. I think Wright will prove to be quite a, a versatile player, um, can play either side and, and potentially as a 10. And, and Simpson, as we say, um, is going to be another centre-half to add to an already strong batch of defenders that we have at Ibrox. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, Wright, I'm not saying an awful lot of Wright, but I'm excited to see how he's going to you know uh, perform in a team with players that are obviously better than, than the ones he's been playing with and he's creating chances. I've seen a few videos. Uh, one of them, he, he was skipping past Scott Brown, Scott Brown, and the last person I seen do that was Glenn Kamara. So <laughs> if he if he kicks on the way Glenn Kamara has been, then then you know we're going to have a really good player in our hands. It's, it's always key, good, you know, to see the, the Scottish boys getting getting a chance. Yeah, that's a key aspect. What you've just said there about it, it's a there's two things about coming to Rangers, and I found one is the fact you need you're going to be playing with better players. And it's how you cope in terms of that, that side of things. Another one is being able to deal with the fact you're playing for Rangers. Jock Wallace said it, I've said it many times, he always said, there's two things you need when you play for Rangers. It's, it's ability and character. And he was quite right. You need to be strong because it's a tough, every week you're expected to win, you know, and the fans want you winning. So you have to be have the right character to say, I can deal with this, you know what I mean? But definitely it was a big thing for me. Uh, all of a sudden, playing with the, the quality of player I had around about me, much better than I had at Kilmarnock. There was, there was good players at Kilmarnock, but not in the same class as the Rangers players I was playing with. Gordon, when you were playing, and this is we've kind of went off-piste a little bit on this, um, do you think if the Bosman ruling was around when you were playing, is it something you would have used or attempted rather to, to use to your advantage, do you reckon? I think, I think you could have, because in my day... Uh, you, you know, your, your contract meant nothing. It was your registration that mattered. Your contract could be finished up at the end of the season, and you couldn't leave, no oh, matter okay. what, how old you were. You were you were under con you were under contract, and it was loads of classic examples like that. I, I found out later on teams uh, even were in for me. I mean, I, I even found out when I was uh, about I think it was about 15 years ago. I was at a dinner, and Tommy Doherty was speaking. And right. Tommy Doherty said, it's nice to see Gordon Smith here. I tried to sign Gordon as Man United manager. And I, I went up after dinner and I said, what you said then? He goes, did you not know? I said, no, I didn't know. He said, you were 19 years old. I offered 100,000 to Kamana. They agreed the fee. It was a Friday. And then on the Monday, I went back in for you. They asked if you could play on the Saturday for them. 
on the Monday, I went back in and he wanted more money. He said, you must have played well on the Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, honestly, and he said, yeah. And he said, I told him, yeah, I'm not negotiating here. You either take this money I've offered you on Friday or that's it. And he said, the commanders kept trying to negotiate and then he, he put the phone down. And there was I finding out about 20 years after retiring that, uh, that Man United were in for me. Things like that. And Jock Wallace, I mean, Jock Wallace told me when I signed for Rangers, he said, that's taken a while. I said, what do you mean? He said, I've been trying to sign you for the last four years. <laughs> Jock Wallace told me that. Now, there was no agents in those days. And yeah. you, never, you never knew these things. Nobody was telling you. So that's, it is a big factor, you know, that as I say, the Bosman thing did change the game. There's no doubt about it. A lot of the players have got a lot to thank him for, for, for taking that case to the European Court. I think it's amazing though, Gordon, you refer to sort of Jock Wallace and John Gregg. Um, I think both are, are given reputations as being relatively hard-going managers, if you like. I wonder how they would have dealt with maybe a player going to them in January to say, I'm not signing for you this year, boss, but I'm going to run out the next six months of my contract, if that's okay with you. Yeah, I can imagine it would have been quite tough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I know, I know what they're like. A big job would have been the hardest one to say that to you if you just said, I'm, I'm leaving, goodbye, and then, uh, you know, that happened. But I think that, as I say, you had to deal with it. I mean, Alec, Alec, I've spoken to Alec Ferguson about it, and Alec Ferguson was, was a manager initially under the old regime where he had the total control over the players. They couldn't do whatever they wanted. Then he went down to Manchester, and he told me this. He said he had to form a different type of management because the yeah. players had so much control over their careers then, they were earning so much money, they had to deal with players in a different way. And he said, he said he, he changed certain things about how he managed, and most of them would have had to do that. Jock Wallace would have had to have done that if, if that had been the case. And he'd been used to the fact saying, wait a minute, these, these players can leave at the end of this contract. But now, in my day, you couldn't. Willie, I think it's safe to say from a... Um, a deadline day perspective, I think we can be quite happy as Rangers supporters with the the business that the club have done this window. Yeah, absolutely. If, if it's just the two, the, the one I'm, I mean, I, I've just seen that Offabar has joined Wickham on loan, and that's yeah. the boy that we've been linked with signing the pre-contract. And because it was a loan, I thought maybe maybe I heard that he might be going out on loan. I thought maybe he'd come up come up here to be honest, just to bed in that extra six months as well. So it's quite surprising. To see it's uh, Wickham that's actually took him on loan, but I mean, he's I, been I, before in the Willie. championship. Ah, that's right, he's, yeah. He's Wickham before on loan, yeah. That last season, I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. Aye. So he's the one I think that a, a lot of the supporters have have read a little bit about, and in the first instance, are, are quite happy with. Um, there's been um, some descriptions made that he, he's similar to, to Glenn Kamara in the way that he can play. If we were to get someone akin to, to Glenn Kamara, Gordon, um, on a, one of these cross-border pre-contract type agreements, um, big thumbs up for everyone as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, Kamara's been an excellent signing. I mean, in terms of the money that's paid for him and what his value is now, millions compared to that. So uh, off about it is, is that kind of player, I've heard that, He's more or less like in a. He's he works hard in the midfield. He's a tackler. He's strong, and and that's his game. So it's a similar type of game. I think that that's why you know he's getting brought in there. I think what Stephen Gerrard is looking at is that you know the type of player. If if, if Kamara's not available, who have I got to play? I mean, he's a, he's inexperienced of Fabora. He, he definitely is. I mean, he's only played his only first team games. He's he started where for Wickham. Yeah. He never. He's not started for uh, Bournemouth at all. But he's started games for Wickham. 
and did quite well there. So that's why they're maybe having him back because you know his contract. I don't know if he's con his contract's up at the end of the season. I'm not quite sure yet, but Rangers are meant to be interested in him anyway, aren't they? So in a situation like this, Gordon, when you're talking about a guy who, as you rightly say, he's played a handful of games almost for Wickham, maybe up slightly more than a handful, but certainly nothing yeah. at a, a top level for Bournemouth. It's testament to the scouting team. I think we went a long time not really having a, a great scouting squad at all. It's testament to someone that they've went down and they've spotted this guy and said, he's the real deal. He could really do a job for you in the future. Yeah, that's exactly what you need. You, what you're looking at is a player... You're, you're trying to judge. It's always a. They're always a risk, though. I must be honest with you, Scott. There's, even at that level, you're thinking is what I'm saying before is how many players have been signed and just hasn't worked out. So yeah. what you're doing is you, you've got to try and analyse him, look at his stats, what he's good at, uh, say how we could fit in into the certain system you're playing, and then you make your judgment on that. That's what I think. Obviously, they should have watched a few games. I don't know what they probably had the film with footage of the Wickham games to yeah. see him playing. And that's what you have to do. You have to look at a player. You have to go and watch him play because there's no way you can just decide on it in the same number of games. He is inexperienced, though. That's the thing I'm saying to you. His only first-team games were at Wickham. And I think he had about 20 games at Wickham and he started about eight of them, I think. Seven or eight starts he had out of the 20 games. So he's still got a lot to, to come on. He's 21 years of age. He's the youngest one of the, of the players that Rangers are interested in. But if he's at Wickham and loan now, then I'm sure Rangers will, will continue to watch him in the coming games just to see how he does in these games just to say okay they've already maybe made the decision that he is the ideal player as mentioned there the Kamara type of player somebody like that because if, if Kamara if somebody comes in at some stage when Kamara's contract run out he, Rangers may get a big bid for him So Willie we didn't play at the at the weekend um, past there but I think the big question on um, everyone's lips just now is do you think Aberdeen can finish second? Um, no, they they always seem to absolutely bottle it, don't they? When, whenever they get a sniff, I mean, a couple of weeks ago I looked at the table and it was really close between kind of Hibs and Aberdeen yep. uh, to go there. But I, I think you're probably more chance Livingston that could potentially catch them. <laughs> but I think they're just too far away. It's just they're on narrow and it is exceptional the now. But I don't really see Aberdeen uh, maybe maintaining a, a serious assault in second position. So, Gordon, it, it, there's there's obviously a, a bit of a um, capitulation across the city. I don't think there's any two ways about that. Um, from a Rangers perspective, for us not to have a game at the weekend and Celtic to have the opportunity to to attempt to close an already uncatchable gap as, as far as I think Scottish football is concerned and them to fail at that hurdle, um, it's just a great time to be a Rangers fan just now, isn't it? <laughs> certainly is I mean I didn't understand why Rangers didn't have a game at the weekend I well I think it, it was due to be Scottish Cup weekend wasn't it but because because obviously um, effectively because they went to Dubai you kind of play the Scottish Cup so yeah. um, the, all the Scottish Cup games were, were sort of called off but mm. I, there was something that um, I, I did find mildly amusing the fact that um, we weren't playing and they still couldn't do their bit <laughs> but you know, the, you know the interesting thing is, and this is what the Rangers fans should appreciate. That, uh, and before Saturday's game, it was on Friday. I was looking up, and Celtic had uh, five points few, fewer this season than they had last season. Only five points of a difference. So the difference this season is Rangers, not yeah. Celtic, having a terrible time. They're not much worse than they were in terms of results and points. 
but Rangers are a different class this year. And that's why it's been a great season, because it's just the, just the record of, of wins and goals lost, goals scored. It's a tremendous record, and it really is fantastic. And, and I've been asked, do you think Rangers can go the whole season not losing a game? I don't think they will, because at some stage, the league's going to be over before we yeah. get to the end of the season. And then you don't know whether the players are going to be up for it, still motivated to yeah. win their games, whatever. But until that, until the league championship is decided, I don't think Rangers will lose a game. Willie, I think the um, the big thing for me um, at, at the weekend, as I say, was the fact that um, there was definitely an, an an opportunity for for them to sort of step up and even look like they were going to try and make a a very measly fist fight of it between now and May. The, the the sort of air from their balloon has completely disappeared. I think it's fair to say. No, absolutely. And I think um, the way we're all um, looking at this, it was 14 points and the gaps grew to 17. Yeah. So, I mean, we've not even kicked a ball. We've, we've increased that gap because we're kind of assuming they'll probably win their games in hand. So it's, it's pleasing that you're not kicking a ball. You're still moving, you know, those three points further further away from them. So, I, I, I mean, it's just a, a, a couple a couple of weeks potentially you, you could be crowned officially champions. I do think that we're going to be really hard. I mean, we'd have to have an absolute disaster to tell yeah, us the lead absolutely. that we've got in now. Yeah. So I don't really? see it happening. It's equivalent to six games, practically, isn't it? Yeah. The, the difference is 17 yeah. points. With the goal difference and everything like that, it makes it 18 points. Therefore, Rangers would need to lose six games for Celtic to catch up. Is there any chance of that? No. And I think when you, I mean, it takes me quite nicely onto the, the the next segment of the pod. So we've got St. Johnston, Hamilton and Kilmarnock, the next three games. Um, you obviously were travelled to Hamilton on, on one of those pitches type thing, which I don't think any really supporter of the game in this country enjoys going and watching. However, you would have to say that it's nine points there for the taking. At that same time, um, if they don't pick up nine points, the, the sort of league becomes more realistic um, and closer for us um, as the weeks go on, doesn't it, Willie? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm full of excitement to see, see how we're going to do. And I mean, another wee thing that I've been starting to kind of look at is the European games are just round the corner. And yeah. I think there's a real chance we could maybe no slacking off, but maybe freshen up the, the squads just before the games and just after. I think during them as well, I don't think we're playing um, a game during the week. Maybe that changed, actually. Was it Dundee United's game got put in there, I think? I think it was a game brought forward, anyway, certainly, I, I, yeah. do, I think we've got enough cover. Yeah, I do think we've got enough cover to maybe start rotating a lot more and maybe bringing the, the so-called fringe players into the league games just before and just after these European games. Um, and then hopefully make a, a decent crack at Europe. I'm, I'm beginning to wonder now though whether these European games will go ahead because yeah. of the current scenario. Do you know that? I, I have a yeah. have this funny feeling that they might actually uh, postpone the European games at the moment because of the, the not having players travelling to other countries and all that sort of thing. So I have a funny feeling that those games could be UEFA might step in here and postpone them. Gordon, I'm going to stay with you because we spoke last week on the on the pod about the. The enormity of what Steven Gerrard will do if he's lucky enough to to win their 55th league championship. Um, 
and I said last week on the pod that there would be an outpouring of emotion that I don't think anyone is really braced for um, on that side of the city. It's going to be a huge party for a couple of weeks, isn't it? <laughs> it certainly will be. It's amazing, though. You know, it's an incredible thing that that he. This would be like you, you could win, you could win uh, eight league titles, and you wouldn't have the same reaction yeah. as Rangers are going to get to winning this one. <laughs> <laughs> and the same token, guys. You look at Celtic; they've won nine in a row. And what is it? This is the. Not, nobody's getting any thanks Correct. or praise for that. This is a disaster because it's not ten. Yeah. So. It's, Incredible yeah. how the, what the reaction's been. The Rangers fans are going to love it, and they are loving it. There's no doubt about it. And the Celtic fans are in dismay. Willie, I I know for a fact you're sort of looking forward to probably the month of March and perhaps into April if things go according to plan. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. It's a big good to get it all wrapped up for my birthday in the 14th. So. Um, <laughs> Be good, be good going into that month. Um, but I, I do. I think it'll be over quite, quite. You know, in the, the coming weeks, I think it'll be over before before May, definitely, possibly before the split, if if we continue the way we are. So, Gordon, just on the split, and it's something that I think we only really do in Scottish football. Um, why would it be such a problem if Rangers had to go to Celtic Park to win the league? Shouldn't be. I mean, I, I don't think it should be a problem at all. They should allow it to happen, yeah. And let let Celtic do their guard of honour as the Rangers uh, leave the picture. Whatever well, they did, they did say they would, wouldn't they? I mean, Willie, I, I read something this morning as well. I think um, his Neebs and at Celtic Park has said something on the lines of he'd be he'd expect it if if vice versa. He would he'd be quite happy to give us the guard of honour if the if the opportunity arose. So, um, yeah. As always, the pressure's on him. I think. I look forward to seeing that, yeah. Indeed. <laughs> Gordon, listen, that'll just about do us um, for, for this week. I really appreciate you coming on again. I'd be keen to get you back on before before the end of the season. Hopefully the league will be wrapped up by then and we can we can have another chat. Thanks very much for joining us. That's great. I've enjoyed it. Willie, thanks for, for coming on for, for another week. We will um we'll get you back on next week and we'll find out what Tommy's up to. He's on that cruise, I think. So we'll get him <laughs> back on next week, I think. Okay. No, absolutely. The last few minutes here, by the way, of Man, I know it's been shocking. I, no, I can't I can make out too much what happened see, there. I can still see you, so you're in the clear. You're okay, you didn't say anything naughty. Unfortunately. I'm sorry about my hair, boys. I've been wearing a hat all day. That's <laughs> so listen, we should say the, the pods will be available in all the usual places. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, all the usual places you pick up your pods. We're also available on YouTube. Be kind enough to go in there, watch us and, and leave a rating uh, and or a comment. You're, you're very welcome to do so. Uh, we do it all again next week. Thanks to Gordon and Willie. And we'll see you next week. Good luck to Rangers. Come on. You're listening to This Is Ibrox, your Rangers podcast, brought to you by Triple H Mortgages, the one-stop shop for all your mortgage and mortgage insurance needs. Contact them on 01453 887179 or via email hello at hhhmortgages.com.